No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to Word Bros. Season two or whatever. Yeah, it's season two. We took a little bit of a break. We're gonna do- we're gonna talk about that in I another. I the word hiatus. Can yeah, we use hiatus, hiatus is good. We were on hiatus. Yes. We were on a sabbatical. Oh, that's a good one. Sabbatical. Oh, don't don't underestimate a writer, because they'll yeah. come up with weird words for vacation. We're on a sabbatical. Oh, we just didn't record because we had a lot of shit going on. But we, we were had too much stuff to do. We're on sabbatical. But we're back today. We have a very talented writer. He's got a book out now from Image Comics called Fair Lady. Um, Kevin met him a couple of years ago at Heroes. I'm really excited to talk to him because, it's, so oddly enough, I actually bought this book not realizing that it was the same dude. Who's going to be on the podcast because yeah. that's how Bob does things. I don't really pay attention a lot of the time. Bob, Bob is very impulsive and he's like, oh, this looks dope. And he bought it. I did. It is and dope. he didn't realize that I talked to Brian was like, hey, I see that your book is out and it looks dope. Would you like to be on Word Bros? And he was like, of course I would want to be on Word Bros because what better po- comics podcast is there on the interwebs? That's There's not one. Or well, I mean, the problem there, there's, there's several, but none other ones would have them. I think that was the problem. But <laughs> but let's uh, let's talk to Brian and let's find all out about Fair Lady. Your still face. Yeah, it was, it's it's like it's, judging you. Yeah, it's like it's an author shot, isn't it? Isn't that what is it? your author headshot? You're very serious in it. You're like I'm Brian Shermer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a. I have a friend who is uh, her part time. She has a full time gig, but then her part time gig is uh, is doing uh, uh, photography. Don't and, we all? Don't we all? And, oh yeah. And gigs. then uh, we went. To, we went to visit. Uh, went to visit them over the holidays and before we got there she's like well what do you want for what do you want for christmas like i we need headshots she's like i, I got you covered there you go yeah, it, it looks like a headshot for an author or you could sell magic trinkets out of the back of your car like i haven't decided yet like you I'm not, well i think he looks more like a wizard like a D yeah, wizard in the exactly. headshot like i like he's like welcome to my sanctum <laughs> Would you like to buy some creepy mystical items? Do you need any and chicken truth, bones? It is, it, is, it is a toss-up between those three. Uh, which one actually makes the most money? <laughs> I would say a wizard. A wizard yeah. makes the most money. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Hi, I'm Brian Shermer of uh, Enchanted Wizard <laughs> Supplies. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. <laughs> would you Free like to buy a wand? shipping on orders over $35. <laughs> Well, yes, we happen to have large chicken bones in stock right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Did you need some bat guano to go with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We are sold out of the, you know, 
puppy dog tails. <laughs> so, um, Brian, I'm already recording because all this stuff is gold. So I hate to, <laughs> to sneak it up on you like that. But um, congratulations on your smash hit image book, my friend. That's wonderful. Thank you. It, you know, I'm 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 still loath to consider it uh, a hit, but it's uh it it has a, a literally a measurable uh, uh level of success and that's cool yeah i've seen it at a at a bunch of shops i picked it up i haven't read it yet because as you know people who make comics don't really read a lot of comics but it it looks right up my alley dude like this is like high fantasy stuff tell us about it well uh let's see uh so the original idea was was very much high fantasy stuff you know the basic idea was was hey i'm gonna do should do a comic that's you know magnum pi in in the lord of the rings universe and uh that was you know seven years ago and wow. over time it just it you know slowly working on it in back corners of my brain and you know magnum became a, a woman and uh the the tolkien type universe kind of gave way to little bits of everything i mean there's a bit of china mivel in there there's a bit of uh uh some elric in there there's some definitely some miyazaki but you know you're not gonna find any i don't have any elves or orcs or anything like that running around at least not yet you yeah. said magnum pi now does she have a ferrari that's the big thing. <laughs> not that we've seen yet but that doesn't mean anything we need a ferrari does, does she have uh hawaiian shirts and <laughs> You know, I'm I'm holding on to that for a variant cover. At some point, <laughs> at some point, I'm going to get somebody awesome to come in and do and do a cover, and I'm going to say, you know what? She needs she needs the Hawaiian shirt, and she needs like one of those mustaches on a stick that she can hold in front of her face. <laughs> that would be amazing. And, and I we'll know sell a hundred thousand copies of that. I know a guy that knows a guy <laughs> who could draw that. I'd be so excited for you. Now, I think the, the interesting part of that, I mean, it all sounds really interesting, but like, I think something that the listeners could kind of latch on to there is, so you you were working on this project for seven years. It, yes, but at the same time, it's like I was working on it in the back of my mind. Okay. You know, it was, I, I had a notebook from about this, from the same period that just, I, I think, I think I scribbled this down in a notebook that I was carrying around uh, in the summer of 2011, where I took some time wow. off and went and went and did a little little trekking around Europe. Not a lot, but a little. And uh, one of the ideas that I wrote down in there was the you know uh, Magnum PI in a fantasy realm. And you know there were scores of other ideas that were in there. They were just garbage that I, I pray <laughs> that I've forgotten. Uh, but that one is was something that I couldn't let go of. And just slowly, you know, I would just add a note here and a note there. And uh, it wasn't until. Uh, you know, a couple years ago that, that things started to align and it looked like I was gonna, we were going to be able to do it at Image um, that I really had to sit down and like, okay, figure it all out and, uh, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it and see what were the, what were the cool things that I liked uh, about fantasy or, may, or, you know, very, very loose sci-fi uh, that we could play with in that universe. See, but I think that's important for people to know because, like, it's very easy to get discouraged if books don't come together quickly on any level, even on like a self-published level. Like, you know, if your project doesn't come together in a matter of months or weeks or, you know, uh, people seem to get like, oh, this is never going to happen. But you worked on this book for seven years. So, I mean, that's clear. You're clearly playing the long game here, sir. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, no doubt about that. I, it, but it, <laughs> And I agree. You, you, anybody, you know, starting out or even a couple years into trying to quote unquote break in, things take a long time. I mean, it's not like, it's not like television or movies where it can take 
literally a decade or more sometimes to get something made. But it's, yeah, it's not going to take you three months and you're done and you're on the shelves. It's just, it, it takes, it takes a while for sure. But the flip side of that is also true. I mean, I, I, I used to teach writing for comics. Uh, and the key thing that I tried to impress on the students on day one is, okay, you, how many people in here, raise your hands, you know, have this sprawling epic that you've been working on, you know, since you were eight years old <laughs> and half the class would raise their hands. And I would say, okay, you're not writing that in here because you're way too close to that. You're way too invested. It's, it's, you're, you're holding on in some cases to things that beliefs you might no longer have or fallacies of storytelling that, that might just, you know, it, it's too big. Um, which, which makes me sound like, which makes it sound like I'm shitting on people's dreams, and stuff, but I'm not. <laughs> no, but you need to though. But, but yeah, but you're being realistic. Dreams? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. well, well, I mean, to be fair, before you, before you hopped on, Kevin and I were talking about um, the first script that I ever read from Kevin was like a 72 page script that he had written. And like the first thing I ever wanted. For a 22 page comic. It's the first yeah. script. <laughs> See, he laughs. It, it was like a, got nothing on you, buddy. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I ever wanted to work on and then I tried working on was like a 12 issue maxi series. And like, if someone would have told me what you're telling me now, that could have saved me a lot of heartache and pain. So it's good to kind of shit on dreams. It would have saved me like three months. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm happy to be here. All about the wisdom. You're a little late, wizard guy. <laughs> I'm not buying your fucking stones, man. <laughs> It's all right, Matt, because all the mad money is in comics. I was lying to you from the outset. It's, uh, <laughs> That's another I'm, lie. I, I am laying here in my nine-foot kidney-shaped gold pool outside. <laughs> gals, actually, one's a gal, one's a dude with uh, big, gigantic uh, palm fronds, you know, keeping me cool here. In the... <laughs> I can't even keep going with that. It's but just... you know what, though? It was a really wonderful mental image there for me. And the Ferrari <laughs> is actually yours. It's yes. not hers. <laughs> You're dressed like you're dressed like Magnum PI. All the time, baby. All you just got off. You just got off the helicopter. But Brian yes, I mean, Shermer. Bam, 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 bam. But like so. But using your own advice here, like you yeah. had a project that you worked on for seven years. Like, how did you keep it fresh to you? How were you able to kind of reinvent it? How were you able to kind of not get too close to it? Uh, the easy thing, quote unquote, was that you know it was originally just a one sentence notion and it was in that notebook and i would just occasionally go back to that and and add to it or subtract from it you know i was i had no i had an urgency about it in that i couldn't let it go so i knew eventually we'd be able i, I would be able to do something with it with someone but i was in no hurry and i think maybe that's the, the most valuable thing i mean probably the earliest thing i learned in in you know quote unquote trying to break into comics uh was you know, definitely be passionate about the stuff that you pitch and the stuff you want to do, but don't be so close to it that you just fall to pieces if no one wants it. <laughs> uh, so why comics? If you're obviously a teaching writing and okay. comics are like screenplays, why would you choose comics over movies? And I feel like that's a weird question to ask, but we're all comics writers here, so we, we might know the answer, but I want you to answer this for people who go, hey, I have this movie screenplay. I want to turn into a comic. Like, I oh, God, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, 
uh, you know, it, it, oh, I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the asshole response first, which is, which is I didn't I didn't choose comics. Comics chose me. No word. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, in truth, uh, I've always written uh, in one form or another since you know it, as early as soon as I could write uh, sentences or paragraphs. I was making up stories as a kid, and I did actually. I, I went the Hollywood route for a while. And went, you know, was going down there and pitching screenplays here and there, and and got close a couple times, and then uh, around the time that things were were doing okay, but still not quite great, uh, I met a couple of people that were, you know, making a living uh, by and large writing comics, and I figured, well, you know what, let's see, let's see what happens with this. Let me give this a shot because I never wanted to, you know, just write any one um, in any one medium but I never thought about comics and it just kind of, the, the ball just kind of kept rolling and it's still rolling today. That's cool. Okay. Now were, were all your television and movie pitches, were they also Magnum PI in a wacky setting? <laughs> that was just... No. <laughs> Is that everyone? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I will tell you my one, my one uh, fun one. Uh, my one fun story that was probably the closest I got to anything was I was I was down I was down I live in San Francisco I was down in LA and I was I was able to pitch to uh, Frank Darabont's production company ah. mm. and I went there and I had a pitch uh, that I still love um, that I, I that in simplest terms is zombies on a cruise ship okay uh, and I still think it's I, I remember I still remember the script to this day and I haven't looked at that thing in probably probably 10 years um, and that's I guess the timing's about right. So I get down there, and I've got the appointment to pitch, and I already know it's not going to happen. So I get there, I do the pitch, and when it's done, I'm looking. I'm not. I'm not pitching to Frank, but I'm looking to to the person I'm talking to, and I say, "Look, I know this isn't going to happen." And she just laughs, and we both nod because it was literally two days earlier that he had signed the deal to do The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> That's interesting because I was going to say, for those of you who don't know who Frank is, he was the director and producer of uh, Shawshank Redemption. He's done a couple other things, but yeah, he kind of, that was his, he, he did the remake of the Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. yeah. But he also brought Walking Dead to television. Correct. Yeah, he was the original showrunner. Yeah. That, and, that's and when it was good. So <laughs> oh, oh I'm the hot fire. Hot take. Hot take. That's fired. I'm hot fired. take. Oh. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting, man. And like, and sometime like, cause we felt that way too. Cause when we were, when we were just getting ready to launch um, the Kickstarter for Metal Shark Bro, we were fired up. We had, we had been working on this idea for like two years. It, it, it just was putting and purring along. And then sometimes there was nothing. And we were kind of just getting ready to get our things going. We were like three days away from launching. Fuck yeah, we're going to launch this Kickstarter. It's going to be great. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson announced murder falcon and we were like motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> fucking zeitgeist <laughs> but luckily but luckily enough the books were different enough and but it was just one of those things where it's like this fucking you just blows when you just look at it like yeah. when just looking at the images because he didn't tell you what the stories about yeah. he's just posting images of murder falcon we're like oh we're so fucked it's, yeah. Daniel, <laughs> it's daniel warren johnson his but, art is so good i i i had a similar thing because when so when eric picked up uh, Eric Stevenson picked up uh, 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 Fair Lady. I mean, this is almost two years ago now that we got the green light. There was, there really wasn't, there was a dearth of fantasy comics at the time. I mean, Rat Queens was still there. Uh, saga, of course, but yeah. what do you categorize, categorize Saga as? Uh, 
and maybe one or two others. And as time went on, and it took a while for us to, to get things going and get into production. And by the time, you know, we're, we're coming out, it's like, Jesus Christ, there's a new fantasy comic coming, you know, almost every week. And we, I was so scared we'd be perceived as kind of this also ran, but uh, I, we've been very fortunate. That's awesome. And I mean, and some of the fantasy comics that have been coming out have been wonderful. Like they've been really, really good. And it's, oh, it's absolutely. You know, yeah, so it's got to be even extra scary, you know. Yeah, that was the other thing. Too. I mean, by the even before you know we were announced, it's like I'm looking at uh, you know I'm looking at Coda from uh, uh, Spurrier and, and yes, Vergara, and it's like we can't touch this. It's a <laughs> beautiful, cynical uh, epic. And then you know, I, oh, I've, and then I find out uh, a year ago, January, um, I, I I saw Kieran uh, in London and. I had to take, I mean, he was already like dropping hints about what his next project was going to be. And he had posted this photo of the stack of research that were of, of research books. And it was, it was the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy and this other books about Tolkien and uh, uh, mystery novels. And I'm looking at this going, son of a, if he's writing a, a private detective <laughs> fantasy thing, I'm done. And so I, I saw him and I, I said, I took him aside and I said, dude, you got to tell me what this is because i'm i'm about to you know this this corporate here uh, uh and he <laughs> laughed he took me aside and he gave me the basic basic premise of die and i breathed i i both breathed a huge sigh of relief and immediately said okay i gotta read that when it's good to go now now as a creator how do you find yourselves fighting through that like how because i mean it just so happens that you happen to know this dude so you were able to kind of pull him aside to find out but i mean like if you're not on that level like how do you how do you pull yourself through that kind of emotional roller coaster that is you think you've got the best thing ever and then oh shit what two, do we do two things one uh, the the classic you know argument that you know no two people are ever going to write you can give two people you can give Two people or a hundred people the same uh, basic story premise, and they're all going to write something different. You know, no two okay. people are going to rewrite, or, or no person is going to just miraculously write Romeo and Juliet again. True. Uh, you take solace in that, but then also, um, if if you if you have the sense uh, that someone is going to be doing something that might be similar to yours, and you've got time, you know, don't second guess yourself, but but go back and polish it and polish it and and you know, and, and see if what you are, if, if the choices you are making are the best and most creative choices you can. Um, and, and, you know, raise the bar for yourself, uh, which sounds horrible, but yeah, yeah but it does. But I mean, it's good advice. I mean, it's just because you're saying things that sound horrible, doesn't mean they're not good advice. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to be so fucking nice to everybody. <laughs> I am the prophet of doom. Yeah. <laughs> This fits with the wizard. Because the one thing that's, I mean, because the one thing I would say about comics is like, because you still want to see your idea through, but then your big fear is like, you're going to get to a publisher and they're going to go, yeah, we already have a book like that. Or we already have it. Yeah. Which, 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 which I think happens all the time, but we never, right. you never really know it because yeah. all that happens is they, they reject your print, your pitch. Yeah. And you, you rare, I think I have once in, in everything I've ever pitched, have I gotten someone to give me, um, you know, a rationale for the for being rejected really uh oh yeah we've it gotten not... we've gotten two rationales so like really that was yeah yeah, wow. yeah yeah 
We've yeah. gotten, it's close to something we already have in production. And another one was, it's not very, we don't see how we can market this. But I look at it the week, we don't see how we can market this as like a generic, like, yeah. Generic you know, one, we give that to everyone. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, well, we no, didn't well, no, Okay, to be fair, I've, uh, there was, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to name names, but there was an editor at a particular publisher who at least three times in a row gave, uh, gave the response of, we are, basically something along the lines of we are looking to uh, 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 solidify our brand or something, you know, something a little too corporate anyway from, from my taste. But. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we never got that one. We got the, we don't know how to market this. And it was on something that pretty much markets itself. Like we did. Like we yeah, didn't that that know. sounds kind of like a bullshit answer. Yeah. We took it as, yeah. That's what we did take it as. Yeah. But then that, oh, okay. So, so it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, either you're shining me on because you don't want to hurt my feelings or you're, you don't know how to market. <laughs> I don't think you would freely admit to the second one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was, and now it's super successful. So it's like, okay, well then I guess you don't know how to market anything. No, it's, just, it's just a bullshit excuse. That's all it is, man. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <clears throat> Another so, hot take. So like, so you got, uh, so you got fair lady out right now. Uh, the first issue came out recently. The second one I saw drops what in a couple days. Yes. Yeah. Next, uh, this coming Wednesday. Yeah. Nice. So how long is this thing planned out for? Like how many issues you got planned out for this? So we got the, the, we got the first arc in the can, uh, nice. five issues and odds are very, very good that we are going to continue. Word. Uh, again, sales uh, sales of the first one were very strong. I mean, to the degree that we, as you know, we got a second printing, which also, second printing of number one, which also drops next week. That's cool. Nice. Um, uh, they, uh, I had an email from Eric Stevenson uh, a week, week and a half ago, where he said he ordered uh, an overprint, a significant overprint for number two, because he feels that stores under-ordered. Uh, Ballin? That's gonna make yeah. you feel. That's gonna make that you, feel you feel nice, feel good, right? Yeah, it, it's always yes, absolutely. It's always it's always nice to be on the good list uh, at at places, and certainly it's nice to be on the good list at Image. Well, I mean, Fair Lady's not your first comic. Now, I'm familiar with you from another comic that that when we met, I told you about that I bought at here, but you didn't. I don't believe you had it with you, or it, it was selling. It was selling out, but I had bought both the first issue and the trade of Blackjack Ketchum. So can you tell can you tell our listeners what that's about because it's really interesting. Sure. Uh, yeah, Blackjack Ketchum uh, came out ooh about three three almost four years ago now I guess. Have and we met that long ago? Jeez. Yeah. You're making me feel old, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to do it myself. Uh, it's a it's a uh, it was classified as a weird western. It's basically a supernatural western uh, about a guy named Tom Ketchum who was an actual uh, outlaw in the late 19th century. Uh, in the American Southwest, uh, and it follows a fictionalized version of Tom as he looks to, uh, uh, oh, geez, it's been a long time since I've done this pitch. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he denies that he is this outlaw named Black Jack Ketchum, and it basically spends a four-issue miniseries trying to prove that he is not this guy, all the while being pursued by all kinds of supernatural uh, uh, characters, including uh, probably most noteworthy, the Dusters, who are basically old west versions of the nazgul and, wow that's cool so like and he's so a talking gun that's what he's talking gun yeah he's yeah. got a talking gun that's cool so the gun you, is dope. you're the guy who got the western made because i've heard from everybody and their mother that westerns don't sell and we proved that with blackjack <laughs> <laughs> 
because that's that's what happened with and then that's what, that was how I talked to Brian. I was like, I have a Western comic, and he's like, really? And he got super <laughs> interested. He was like, I love westerns. I was like, I love westerns, and then all of a sudden, it was like we are instant friends. And why so, no? Why don't westerns translate? I don't understand. What's the big deal? Like, why do why don't they work in comics? I think they can work in comics just fine. I mean, I, I the one I still point to is the Sixth Gun. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a great western. Uh, that, I mean, that ran for years and and you know cullen built his reputation off of that um i i that's one i I mean i well i mean i yeah exactly that is one i (laughs) I think the general perception is that it's it's old it's old yeah it's It's, it's an old man thing right Um, and that it's probably the same reason that if somebody came forward and tried to do you know prince valiant but with you know lesser quality art these days and you know no fantasy elements same thing it wouldn't sell because it's just it it is perceived as you know too yeah too old and it's like yeah my grandfather would have read this man <laughs> yeah 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 and 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 the thing i think that brian and i talked about Get out of here old man <laughs> was that deadwood was dope and people yeah. watched it so you there's got to be an audience it's just not hitting in the comics audience comics audiences aren't right. looking for that per se well i i think i i i think part of it well here's the other thing yes deadwood was successful Name me another Western TV series from the last decade. Yeah. That's it. That's the only one. Uh, so, the only you know, by extension, I think, you know, you get, if you get A-listers on a Western, you know, if Tom King were to come out next week and say that, that the next 12-issue maxi-series that, that he and, and, uh, and Mitch are going to do is a, is a Western. It's Jonah Hex. It's yeah. Jonah Hex. Yeah. It would sell out. It would sell yeah. out and they'd win Eisner's. But you know, if if anybody else were to come out and say, "Yeah, I'm doing this weird western," that would snooze. No, but you know, I, get, I think lucky get picked up anywhere. What about I was going to mention Justified? What about Justified? It's sort of a western. Justified's yeah. Justified's a western. It's got all the themes. Yeah, sort but of. it's still it's it, but it's a it's, it's a, a modern modern crime western. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Uh, it's also got bits of noir in there because because yeah. he's kind of a noir character. If you want. now, what about what about Copperhead? Would you consider Copperhead a western? sci-fi western sure you, yeah. Yeah, you may, so i mean we we you know we we did the mashup you know for for a western and and do you know putting like a dream like you know nightmare type uh, uh of reality um and i got to i got to itch all of my you know my scratch all my david lynch uh uh leaning itches yes uh in that but you know it, it was it had, it had a lot of stuff going against it it was do you a, know what you were missing though a diner <laughs> <laughs> he laughed. Coffee. Well, there was no coffee in it. That was clearly the the, the overriding problem. I mean, that was one of the problems. But I mean, a, a David Lynch movie needs a diner. Eh, more often than not. And that's I, why we threw one in Metal Shark Bro, just for that reason. <laughs> there's only that's the only reason why there's a diner scene because you need a diner scene in every David Lynch movie. Almost every. I think I almost. Think there's there is not a diner scene in Dune. Thank you. <laughs> but there should be. You know. Like, there, indeed, there's, I don't think anyone's ever eating in Dune, which is kind of odd. When you think <laughs> no one does. Oh, yeah, they're eating the spice. I guess that's all they. That's all they consume in that. Well, I mean, the the, the fat Horconan guy might eat, but like, and that, and that, I'm not, I'm not weight shaming, but I mean, he's the only one that. that <laughs> he's not here. He's not listening. <laughs> I'm not weight shaming. I just have to say, he's gonna. You he's know, obviously he's a fat guy with a jetpack. I mean, I'm not re- trying to be a dick. But he's he gonna review it. the podcast. You know what, Kevin? Fuck you, man. I mean, I think it's glandular like sting might sting might retweet and be like fuck you kevin but i mean (laughs) you're old sting shut up um you like westerns but i'm impressed though that but i'm impressed brian that you were even able to get a western like 
picked up that's that's you got to look at that as a oh, i'm more impressed because i wrote one <laughs> you know i i'm not it, it was luck to a degree but I, so when we pitched catch him i i actually pitched uh stevenson two different things one was one was catch him and the other one was some weird oh god it was another bizarre mashup thing of like invasion of the body snatchers and against all odds or something something <laughs> i love that i'm hearing phil collins in my head right now yeah yeah, yeah. and it was it was what i remember the the i like the look thinking back on it now i love the artwork uh and and kind of hate vaguely what i can remember it was actually supposed to be about um <laughs> he you know and he could have passed on both of them out of hand but he he you know he took a chance on ketchum and uh, and on me uh, and to I'm grateful uh, for both of those. And, uh, but then, you know, it took, you know, a couple of years before I got another pitch in front of him that, uh, that he liked. And, and blissfully, that was Fair Lady. Well, there you go. And there you go. And, uh, and that's so not, then, and, and actually, that's not even your first comic. You're, you had right. your first comic at the table. I just didn't get a chance to come get it because we didn't really talk about it. And then Heroes gets busy. So I, when we talked again, I was like, hey, I'm really sorry I didn't come by. And you're like, yeah, I understand. I know how it gets. Yeah. But what was your first comic? It was at the table. Uh, the, so the, the first, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, outside of doing little like freebie handout things that, you know, to, to test the water a couple of years before that, the first uh, uh, kind of long form thing I did was a series called Ultra Sylvania. There it is. Uh, which was uh, basically about, you know, taking like the universal monsters, uh, like Frankenstein's monster and Dracula and casting them as, as world leaders in 19th century Europe uh on the brink of war and uh just kind of re-envisioning re their their worlds and their characters and their supporting characters as uh, uh, through a more political lens as opposed to you know being you know creatures hiding in the shadows and terrifying and blah uh, <laughs> and uh that was actually a project that we did uh as a uh, through an art university here in San Francisco, uh, the Academy of Art uh, allowed us to go in, and uh, this was uh, I was still teaching at the time, uh, but this was something that I brought in as kind of an outside project uh, when a, a student suggested that uh, I write something that and then the Academy build a class around it. Oh, that's cool. That's a yeah. And we uh, we proposed it to uh, to the director, the, which you know they have directors instead of deans at the academy, and uh, said, "Yeah, it's like I'll I'll write this thing, and we'll you know handpick uh, the best students you've got each semester, and we'll do like you know eighty, ninety, a hundred pages uh, in a semester, and then at the end we'll we'll put it out online for free, and then we'll we'll do a Kickstarter, and then we'll take it around and promote you know everybody involved." And much to much to my surprise, he said yes, and we got to do that for for three semesters or you know year and a half. So over the course of two years, uh, you know, we did, I wrote I don't know two hundred, three hundred pages. Wow, That's uh, worth of worth of content there, and uh, three Kickstarters later, and we had you know physical copies of everything. And that was, and that's that was the first step I was taking, you know, taking around on the convention circuit and meeting people and, and you know, you know thrusting them into the hands of anybody that wouldn't push them away. And, Read this. And, <laughs> exactly. This is uh, dope. Check it out. <laughs> and you know, and that was 
that was the thing. That was the thing that, that, you know, had to be done. And that's ultimately what, you know, landed me on the radar of the right people, including, you know, Eric at Image. So, there you go. That's right. awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know, I always, I'm always reminded of, and I don't know how apocryphal it is, uh, the, whether or not C.B. Sobolski or not, who, you know, says that every, you know, everybody's story of, every time somebody breaks into comics, uh, uh, they fill up the hole so that no one can do it that exact same yes. thing again. <laughs> and I kind of knew at the time that this was the thing because no one had ever done this. <laughs> I, 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 could not find, I could not find evidence of any other, you know, university or, you know, art school that had uh, basically built a class around making a, a, a shared universe comic uh, with the students and then, you know, publishing it and putting it out there. Um, and so when that was, and then when I saw the work as it was coming back from the students, I, I remember thinking it's like, yeah, some of this is, is really good. I think this might actually be the thing that, you know, this might actually be my calling card. That's, that's nice. Pretty dope. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And here you are now in your kidney bean shaped pool surrounded by, you know, beautiful men and women feeding you grapes. And with a, with a theme song even. Yeah. <laughs> Selling magic trinkets out of your car. I mean, you can't get any better than that, man. That's, that's the dream that we all want to live, you know? <laughs> Selling wizard supplies. Well, um, so um, issue two of Fair Lady comes out uh, in a week. You can go next week and get the, the I mean, the second printing. That always sounds nice, doesn't it? Second, second printing. printing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so that's <laughs> awesome, man. So pick up the book. Do yourself a favor. Brian, thank you so much for coming on, man. You were a wonderful guest. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we all get on rather well. Yeah, we do. Uh, um, and where can we find you on the social medias, Brian? Uh, let's see. I got, uh, I'm on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, both at Brian Shermer. Uh, and then if you'd rather not have, uh, you know, me and if you'd rather a more streamlined appearance, uh, of just fair lady, I've got an at fair lady comic on both Instagram and Twitter as well. Boom. Look at That's that. Great. That's great. Genius. Genius. Well, thank you again for thank coming you. on and, uh, we'll talk to you when the trade comes out, baby. Let's do. All let's, right, let's man. <laughs> that was brian Shermer. his book fair lady is in stores now and he's the guy who got the western picked up and that's why your western will never get picked up because brian's did so so you talking to me um, no, I'm just talking to everyone because oh, okay. everyone likes everyone. I was going to cry for a second. And <laughs> it seems like everyone who writes comics loves Westerns, but they all know that they can't sell. But Brian got his done. So congratulations. Nobody to told me I never got the memo and I did it anyway. So I love Westerns. I would love I, to do a Western. I, I, and we have a Western idea. So yeah, but it's just, we're going to mess with it. It's just stupid to even bother with it. But yeah. No, um, we'll just pitch it as Metal Shark Bro in the West. Yeah, old West. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh thank you to brian he was really great uh, his book looks awesome. really cool like i'm super amped on it um it's definitely something it's called fair lady yeah um and it, and it's kind of uh like he said a fantasy a fantasy book with 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 like a detective slant to it and, and i've read some of the pdf he gave to us um i'm planning on reading it in physical he gave you a pdf yeah i gave it to you too i forwarded no it. you didn't i did i forwarded uh -huh. it to you where You're is included it? in the email? Where? 
Hold on a second. Do I have to look at my phone for this? I'm looking it up right now. I did not get a PDF. Oh, there you it is. Got a PDF. Yeah, you got a PDF. <laughs> right, you right. got a PDF. All right. All right. You're right. I guess I just, I don't pay attention to your emails because they, they. I forwarded you the PDF. Because I see it. I see it. You're right. <laughs> I was like, here, read this. And you were like, okay, cool. And then you went and bought the comic. And I was like, you got it for free already. Well, you know what, Kevin? I like to, I'm a patron of the arts, dude. <laughs> It's a nice comeback, but it's not true. <laughs> uh, I like to support things with money and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't disagree with you. You are a supporter of the arts with money and no, stuff. No, no, no. Patron. I'm a patron. Pat oh, a patron. Yes. Are you a Patreon? No, I have a Patreon, but I am a patron. Of oh, the you art. have a Patreon. Would you like to plug your Patreon? Bob? No. No? No. I don't you don't care. want people giving you money? Yeah. I'll take the money you were going to give to Bob. I like, uh, I have one for dork trek and one personal one, but uh, yeah, but whatever that we're not about. It's not about that, man. Um, <laughs> you have to try and play it off. It's yeah. It's, it's, um, but yeah, I'm excited to read this book. It looks really great and you guys should check it out. Brian was a super nice guy and uh, he'll be at heroes just like we will be. So there you go. And you should come see us all at heroes by fair lady by metal shark, bro. We love you guys. Yep. Yeah, and we will, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for putting up with our, our extended break, but you know, we got stuff going on and we apologize. And we'll talk yeah. about, you already heard us talk about the stuff in the beginning of the episode, but we'll, yeah. So there you go. You'll hear, you'll, you'll hear more about that as the weeks go on. We'll tell yeah. you all the, the trials and tribulations of weird stuff that happens in comics. Yeah, buddy. So thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.